0: Welcome to your Daily Game Face. I'm Dr. Kim Lannan, right on time.
1: Yeah, you were on time (laughs) today. I needed a couple extra minutes.
0: Uh, It was not your fault. It was Windows, right? Or something. uh, There's a lot of stuff going on, yeah. Yeah, Exactly, technical difficulties that are beyond my pay grade.
1: Yeah, do you you understand Rube Goldberg? Do you understand that reference? No. Do you remember the game Mousetrap?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: oh, was yeah. a Rube Goldberg type of thing. Oh, yes. he, he used to draw com- comics of things that were intensely more complicated than they had to be to get the job done. Yeah, okay. So this whole setup is a Rube Goldberg. So
0: I understand now.
1: It's it's herding cats, not to bring up cats. But
0: but we will. Oh, well, anyway, so, so that's Lou Blasey, who's not lovely anymore, who's just am- <laughs> amazing.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that'd be my lead. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, if anyone's listened to the past few podcasts, I'm trying to find a new word because I was too loose and free with the word "lovely," so
1: no, you just weren't free enough with the word "guru
0: guru" that's right. That's I was right. using it with a different person, yeah, that's right all right um, so anyway, so welcome to um the show today, and what a great show last week, right? yeah, we had Frank Simonetti Frank on was great. and he um was fantastic at educating us all on his life and his career and And all of the wonderful things he does, and um, and I was gonna mention too. um, He and I were talking afterwards, like his, you know, so his wife. A lot of the wives are involved with with the Bruins Alumni Foundation, all those foundations. He was talking about, so. I'll have to get his wife in here sometime because she, Maria, she's uh, amazing in terms of her nutritional yeah. background and understanding like the body and the Mediterranean diet and mental health. And she and I have great conversations often about that. So we had a I'm similar gonna, experience. Get her in.
1: We had a similar experience at the end of the show that y- you and I had this morning when I took our relationship to another level by <laughs> dropping the F bomb.
0: <laughs> yes yes i
1: frank uh, frank was very staid and told a lot of great stories and everything and then we got some of the da- the dirt afterwards,
0: afterwards. <laughs> yeah. it was it was great yeah
1: frank's got a frank's got an edge to him too which is kind of cool awesome yeah.
0: but i mean i think if you're you know at a level of athleticism like that yeah. not that that would oh that's my experience is that
1: oh it's all alpha dogs, we're all right? we're all yeah. like
0: that up there even yeah. even when you know people are shocked when i'm like that because yeah. you know you see this maybe people don't have that shock when they see me because of this but mm-hmm. most people are like oh my god because yeah
1: the yeah. nhl is all alpha dogs there, oh god yeah there are no beta dogs in the <laughs> nhl <laughs> It's not the way it works
0: <laughs> um so it was, it was really fantastic i got tons of feedback so thank you everybody that was listening last week i will be having more guests on um and certainly arranging that in the next few weeks i've got a couple nice surprises coming in that i will nice tease you on that you know we're going into the winter, so we've got winter sports and some other um, people coming down the pike that would love to join us and talk to us, so that would Do be Do we fun. have
1: winter sports? Are we going to have winter sports?
0: We are. So I was just talking to some clients yeah. yesterday. They're avid skiers, and um, one, one that's semi-professional. That's and an
1: interesting th- thing. What? How hey, ski resorts are going to be handled.
0: Well, that's what we were talking about, yeah. about so all the different ski areas and what the what's going on. So I keep up to date on all that because, of course, I have skiers in, in the Olympic level and I have snowboarders and yep. other things that go to the Olympics and that level. So I'm keeping tabs on all the ski areas around here because they're actually, for the most part, opening. Um, I was up north this weekend for leaf peeping, by the way. Everyone should stay home. Why are you all not quarantining? Why am I... Like I should not have to quarantine. No <laughs> 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 Everyone else is up there, so no. Um, all kidding aside, but it was, you know, everyone's going because they're in quarantine. everyone's going to the places. so all the resorts are making great strides it seems to really do social distancing keeping so cuz they need to make their money but how in you god's can name are you going protocols. to do that what
1: how in god's name are you going to do that
0: so well <clears throat> so everything's outside so they didn't have yeah. anything going on inside everything so they've created where i was they've created all these huge outdoor spaces with tables and bigger fire pits and they've brought in heaters and so I mean they're making the best of it yeah. to to accommodate um and you know like the chairlifts and the gondola they were you could only do it was your either one rider or your family um huge gaps in between plexiglass like so they're doing yeah you know the best that they can so that they can stay open and in business which you know I think that for the most part from what I'm hearing from people both in the recreational side of skiing and then the um professional side is people are people are going to go if they're avid anyway and they're just going to do their thing they're going to get out on the mountain they're not the ones that are typically the apres skiers that are going to hang out afterwards and at the bar if they do certainly the ski areas that i've been to in the past few months to watch this happening get it ready they're all setting up for that to happen and then people that are recreational skiers that have been skiing that are you know that have done it before they'll go up and they'll do their family vacations like they've been doing all summer because you know they're quarantining yeah. either here or there and then I don't know this is where the sort of wild card piece of it is, is I'm not sure what people will do you know cuz some people have tried new things this summer <laughs> yeah because they're in quarantine um I wouldn't necessarily say this is the best thing to do is to go out and try skiing for the first time because you have to be close to people you'll in bigger groups if you have to take a lesson even though they'll social distance i don't think that's the, probably the best idea yeah. however you will have a helmet and mask on essentially because it's freezing out true and and so on and so forth but i wouldn't necessarily say that's your best bet the alternative to that is the reason why i'm talking about this is because this is what i'm constantly having to evolve with as this goes on is that you know if you have kids certainly sledding tubing um, all these ski resorts have put in some of these new nature adventure things for kids and families that aren't necessarily going to ski so that they can do it in the oh, winter. Interesting, yeah. So everyone's adapting and accommodating around social distancing, spread of COVID, and being able to still have outdoor activities so you're not trapped. Because unfortunately for us up here in the Northeast and the Northwest, you know, when we're not in the sun, we this is where we're going to be more of a... A hotbed of right. depression, anxiety, uh, lack of, you know, movement. Um, just in general as a, as we are anyways, just because winter up here But because now you add in quarantine and in all the other stuff that's going on now. It's oh no <laughs> Oh, yeah, the, the the summer 15 becomes the winter 30, <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, exactly Yeah,
0: <laughs> and and I'm already trying to help people along with like, okay You can't be sedentary because the more you're sedentary and now it's gonna get dark in like two hours Lou. we've only been up for two, how but it's gonna how, be dark. How many
1: times have you had this thing? I've already had like four of them where you walk by the clock on the stove It's only 7.30? Yeah. feels like it's like 10 o'clock. Yeah.
0: I start that at around 5.30 last week. I was, you know, because it's 6.08 is the sun right now. And I walk by like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. And so in a couple of weeks, I know, so, and you do this too, is it? I get up in the dark. Yeah. And I'm only, I still have at least at least three or four patients usually by four o'clock left in my day and it's dark Yep. and i'm like oh no (laughs) so four to work in the dark go home in the dark yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. so 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 these are the things that that... this is
1: this is nuts we should be on atlantic time right right forget daylight savings time forget uh forget eastern time zone. we should go to atlantic time that
0: that that would
1: be i don't care if the sun doesn't come up till 10 in the morning it doesn't bother me
0: (laughs) As long as it stays yeah. longer in the waking hours.
1: So have the ski resorts talked about limits?
0: Limits uh, in terms of how
1: many people they're going to yes. have on the mountain. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. So they because so,
1: that that's one of the worst parts about skiing. So having a little extra room on the mountain and longer, you know, shorter lift lines and stuff like that well, could so, be a good thing.
0: So this so this will be interesting because so they the where I've seen in the past couple of weeks that I've seen they're doing limits. So you have to buy tickets online. Yep. You can get them at certain windows of certain places but essentially they're sold out and they're capping it so that yep. there's no rush to the end for 500 people to have to get on a lift to come down or to go up or to you know to move across the mountain um so basically by two o'clock in the afternoon you know they were running till five this weekend but two o'clock in the afternoon everything was sold out you couldn't get on because you had they were timing it how many people they let right. up on the mountain so on so forth now here's the interesting thing that i didn't talk to them about but i was talking to people i was with that how are they going to um provide an environment for people that are scaling the side of the mountain without going up the lift because they really want to ski so they go up and skim boards or you know they're going up they walk up or they snowshoe up and then they ski down i think there's going to be a lot of that yeah so yeah there
1: aren't that many people that are that crazy
0: the scale up well, the mountain well yeah they, people yeah. love doing that i mean you get people like you know any of the mountains have these trails off the side of them and people hike in the winter people snowshoe in the winter people um do cross-country skiing in the winter and that's not really guided by anything you're allowed to just go do that that's free Yep. and so i imagine and i also know because i've talked to some people that are going to do it yeah you know and so if i know a handful of people. And they know a handful of people. I imagine there's going to be a lot of people doing that because if you get turned away at 12 o'clock that you can't get a lift to come down, people will figure out a way. But they'll only have a four-hour window because it's dark at four.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, unless you're going to a ski area that has the uh, lights on, which most of the bigger mountains don't have that. It's the smaller ones. But So it's very interesting because people are really trying to adapt to making sure they can stay open, not have issues. Have people be happy, and providing the opportunity for people to be out there and having a good time.
1: Well, good, know? we'll have stuff to do. Because I'm already feeling the crunch of the, and you know, maybe just because I'm older and I'm just more aware of it, but I'm already feeling the crunch of the whole sunset thing. Yes. It's like you just sit there at one at the afternoon. I got three hours of sunset, a sunrise left, a sun up. Left. So,
0: at, so as an athlete, that's what I do. I start thinking here because. I run out of time to go for a run yep. so i so my now my windows of time when normally in spring and summer i can do it on the front end easier or the back end right. easier because i have time now not that i can't run in the dark i'm not a big fan of running in the dark where i run outside is super dangerous so i have to get to a spot where i can be safe yeah and then it's crossing over that in the dark and it's so it's very demotivating because <laughs> yeah you know and i'm not a big fan of going into the gym currently even though i have a gym membership and that's where I'd prefer to run or do any exercise when it's freezing because yep. I have asthma. Um, but, yeah, I'm not a big fan of going to the gym because I see what I see. And I'm like, I went in to check it out. And I'm like, eh. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. I'm not so happy about that. So, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, I'm thinking if I could find a time when I know no one's in there.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I've already turned myself down a couple times wanting to go to the gym because I, I don't do it in, this, in the good weather. Right. But now and it's more efficient i'm going in to burn calories it's all and i can do it more efficiently in the gym right so um but a couple times i've gone maybe i should go nah
0: yeah <laughs> No, not ready yet right and, and so that's i think i think that that's you know what most people i see that the gym parking lot that i go to is very quiet and when i have gone in just to check it out to see there's hardly anybody in there but i'm still they have like masks uh, on the machines huh do they have masks mm-hmm. on the machine yeah so I have a really great place that the I go because they have asthma mask. that allows me to go on it's not the gym, it's the place yeah. where I go for PT. They allow me to do what I need to do. But they had to God love the place I go. The owner built me a screen around the treadmill. Wow. So that I wouldn't have to wear a mask so that because when I run and people will be like, you can run and have asthma. Well, that's good. Yes, you can. But I have a hard time yep. because of my allergies and how it backs up. So I tried, and it's very difficult. I'm sure if I was forced to and had to, I could do it, but it would be difficult. But my this guy, who's the owner of the place I go to, he built me a screen so that there would be no one would be complaining on the outside of me. I'd be happy, and everyone would be fine. Good for him. I know. But when I want to go you know it's like really early in the morning and they're not so <laughs> so but it's good it was really cool to accommodate for it's that it's gonna give you a key uh, yeah right <laughs> yes yeah, so i'll have to i'll have to work on that you know um but so if you if you can't get to the gym um you know finding a way because this is a hard time in the northeast and and given that We're more a target for the fact that we'll get a second wave of COVID faster, I think, because of the cold weather, because people are more likely to be stir crazy and be more likely to, you know, go out and be in groups together that they haven't because they've had, what is it, eight months now? What are we, eight months into this? Yeah. Um, So I think that unlike the southern states, the Midwest and the, you know, not the upper Midwest, but the lower Midwest region and then then the south, they just have it. It's kind of more consistent. We're going to go into this snap of cold, which for emotional well-being is already a stressor for us anyway here. Right. And then we add in all the extra pieces. Yeah, in. all and your physical so
1: activity is gone, whether it be the gym or outside, it's gone. Governor Baker's talking about social distancing at home now for the holidays. Right. It's like... I... <laughs>
0: So now, so, I, so these are all things that come up in my office yeah. because it stresses people out. Mm. So this is one of the, so the thing about social distancing at home, so I've done tons of research and I did a few calls in the past week about what that means so I have the right information to give to patients, but it's not about social distancing with the people that you already live with. It's about, if you haven't seen like Aunt Betty from Connecticut yeah. and she's coming in and you have, you know, dinner, it's finding a way to not have you all together in a cram space, you know, if you're going to be... Yeah. Because you haven't had the same connection. You know, it's the herd immunity yep. thing. And, and it makes sense scientifically. Um, it's going to be really hard for people to do that because people are missing each other. People want to be together. People don't want to just have dinner with the same people they always have dinner with.
1: Well, you see, this might be the Irish and Italian in me. But Uh-oh. I see this as an opportunity to have mm-hmm. a very quiet, small Thanksgiving
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not deal with the family.
0: See, that's what I say. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's my... You know, I'm always generating the alternative. Sorry, no COVID. (laughs) Well, that's, well, that's, I'm generating the alternative thought. And I say to people like, this is the perfect opportunity to have just a nice, peaceful, like no time, like not that you can't have peaceful times with your family said anybody, no one, no one ever, (laughs) but (laughs) to not have, you know, you don't, there's no stress. You don't have to do the over the top dinner. You don't have to make accommodations. You don't have, it's like, you know what this year, everybody just kind of do their thing. However, there is those people that say, you know, so-and-so, I haven't seen them in so long, and they're getting older, or, you know, I I have a new child, or, but I say, yeah, yeah. but, mm. yeah. you know, and people are sick of the Zooming, and people are sick of Zoom dinner, Zoom drinks, Zoom, you know, which is why lots of people are going out and starting to do things. Yep. And therefore, there's an uptick. (laughs) I
1: didn't like the Zoom dinners. My family started doing that because they're tougher to get out of.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's like, where are you going to tell them that you went? exactly. I'm taking a shower. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, they always know where you are. So, um, yeah, I never actually did the Zoom dinners. I have a nice social bubble. So I was able for the first few months to just stay in that social bubble with a a group of us that has stayed us. So it's been very nice. And it was like... One weekend us, one weekend there, one week. So it was a back and forth and it has been, you know, yep. very well contained.
1: And it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough fall. It to is. It's going to be a tough fall going into winter.
0: And and then you have the, so then this is the other thing that's come up. And I think for mental health coming into this season for us in the Northeast is I'm watching schools already having issues. And like, so it went from, yeah. I've seen a couple of schools shut down. I've seen a couple of classrooms shut down because it went from school. The school was going to shut down, but then it was like, wait, not the school. It was just going to be the classroom that the issue was in. Mm-hmm. And then, so now they're trying to adjust for all of that because.
1: You mean issues? Co- COVID. Inf- okay. Oh, yeah. So either the I teacher mean, there have been has brought it issues. in or the yeah. teacher
0: has had. Yeah, yeah. So COVID related. So either the teachers brought it in or they've been exposed to someone or it's been mostly teachers yeah. that I've heard of. There's been a, one case of a kid, but mostly like teachers who've been exposed to someone else in their own personal Personal life that have brought it in, and yep. un- you know, and they have to alert the whole school. Yeah. So and so, you know what I said? I said November first. If we make it to November first before everyone shuts down, I would be surprised. Yep. But I think people are trying really hard. I know there's some schools that are fully in, like the private schools are fully in, not remote. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen anything currently around here that's had an issue, so that's good. Um, and I've seen an um a healthier. Mindset in my kids, my teenagers and stuff, client wise, that have gone back to school fully. The stressor on them is they're constantly being monitored for. So they have the additional add in of not just doing schoolwork and teaching, you know, yeah. they have to be monitored for who they're touching, what they're touching, what they're doing, how they're talking. If they have, they can't have anyone near them in the cafeteria. So it's a lot. Right. It's very stressful. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I would just rather sit at home on a zoom call
1: <laughs> how are kids doing in general with remote learning because it doesn't seem very conducive to me to pulling this off
0: so so some so those you know if we go back to the beginning when this was going on that was just crazy town i mean it was just a kind of a waste yep. in my in my yep. clinical opinion it was just i mean they should have just canceled school for the rest of the year hmm. but i'm seeing i would say a 75 percent successful rate of Kids are so excited to be back in. So most kids I know are doing hybrid. So they're in school two days, on Zoom three days. Right. So, um, and the teachers are in the classrooms teaching while, you know, so it's a a back and forth. So so they're seeing everybody in the class and in Zoom, and they're exchanging. So it's all socialized. Um, For the most part, it seems to be pretty successful. Kids who have more attentional deficit kind of problems or kids who have, that's harder. But there's... I'm not sure if you guys have followed that. There's a, like a cohort A, a cohort, cohort B, and a C. And if you're in the C group, that means you're, that's, you are that's you have more of the um, the disability range kind of behaviors and learning disabilities where you're more, it, it's been encouraged that you're in full time. Yep. So you're not at home. Now, that's a parent's choice. That's the kid's choice. But most of the kids that are on that level are able to go in and have their own room and they're being taught by the teacher and so on. So in the you know the best of things that could happen it's it's working to that extent now of course there's lots of exceptions to the rule which i'm seeing which is i've got kids that have very hard time focusing um i'm smiling because i have a a young little little one Mm -hmm. who the teacher was like hey you know Susie um, I don't see you on the camera. And so her mother her mother sent me a picture and was like, hey, Susie, guess where Susie was? Susie was laying down yep. taking a nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because she was tired. Yeah. So, I mean, so there's that. Yeah. You know, because it's hard for, you there's know. There's cats, there's siblings, there's, there's all kinds of the, stuff and going on. And out. they say, yeah. go get your, you know, go get your big person to come. You know, these are little kids. Go get your big person to come. Now, big person mom and dad or whoever's in the house is doing their own work. Yeah. So the frustration. So I often get texted from multiple different families during the week of, I'm going to homeschool completely. I'm sending my child to private school. Yeah. I need to be checked into the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> so I have my 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 list of my run on text yep. on during the week is I never know quite what I'm going to get. It's always <laughs> something new. But it's in that theme of today's not gonna be a good day
1: (laughs) (laughs) why do they think homeschooling is gonna be easier or better
0: Um, because then they have more control over it yeah then they don't have to be monitoring what their child's doing and on the on the screen and with the teacher and what they're it's easier to just say hey I'm gonna do three hours of teaching which is what a lot of a lot of my parents that I have in my practice that's what they've been doing yeah anyway even when they had over the summer because they were worried their kids were gonna fall behind so they've been able to do that so some of them have been like I'm just going to do that and I said remember <laughs> this is once you sign up for this you're into this and it's a lot you know it's yep. it's so much easier to keep your kid you know on track so I've been helping hopefully devise little plans for each of these individuals to kind of
1: yeah, got a bunch of parents who have trouble keeping the parental authority mm-hmm. intact you're going to add the teacher authority on top of that which right. is that much more difficult it's,
0: it's exactly so yeah. you're because you're now you're dipping into multiple roles, and, and you know a teacher tells a child to do something. Sure, parent.
1: Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah, <laughs> right? I get away with this every, everywhere else. I can get away with it here. Well, in mental
0: yeah. health wise, right? If we talk about the emotional stability of kids, so I don't think there's a term for it necessarily, but it's a phenomenon in my mind that kids who have issues, right? And I'm not talking like. Pathological. I'm just talking about yeah. like they have stuff, you know, it's hard for them to keep their yeah. crap together in their head and function and all that stuff at home. They go to school and they keep it together. Yep. Because they're socialized into structure, maintain. They they don't want to look bad. They don't want their friends to be picking on them. Like all the things that socially norm men. By the time they are done with school, they're so exhausted because they've had to contain, contain, contain. Right. They come home and then they're wild child. Yeah. You know, they're running amok. They're disrespectful. They're like, I'm not doing that. I'm tired. And so then speaking to that issue, how do you have
1: it I, yeah. all
0: at home at the same time? Because the child doesn't have to contain at home. Right. So it's almost a conflict in the brain neurochemistry to be able to actually function and manage that
1: no, it's it's about game face it's about yeah you know, if you're an athlete putting on a uniform get you in a frame of mind going to school puts you in a frame of mind when you're sitting in the classroom it's a little bit easier to continue focus
0: exactly and and so to to your point that's the strategy i've been giving people is that it's like putting on your game face is that even with people with, and with work so same thing your children should not be in their bed learning right they should be in their setup room away from their room as the maximum optimal experience somewhere else that has nothing to do with where they do their fun stuff where they have right. their activities all that stuff so setting that up separate so that when the school day is over it's a shut off valve in the head to be able to say now the day's over for school now I can have my time same thing with people at work you know people that are working from home and then just transitioning into family or doing it's nope set up your space where you're working and then as soon as you're done with work Take a five-minute as if you're driving home, and say, "Now I'm transitioning to home," so that you're doing a shift. Now it's a little harder with kids that are small because they don't do that actively very right. well. Yep. But if you provide the structure for them in a different room, and you say, "Here's your schoolroom," it gives them that separation mentally. So it actually changes the brain process right. to be able to do that. Yep. Um, and it's hard. I know it's hard for a lot of people. People have, you know. Uh, constraints of rooms furniture don't have that kind of space yeah right and so but there's always ways of generating alternatives to be able to do that to have transition time transition time is super important for the brain to switch on to something and off to something so it's not all the same yeah so that it doesn't overwhelm a person right so imagine if we were sitting here all day every day doing this only you know that's it's a lot and and that's what kids feel like I think adults feel like that too at home my
1: commutes are my favorite time yeah don't don't talk to me don't message me while I'm in the car right <laughs> I need that 20 minutes <laughs> and, 20 and, 30 minutes
0: and, and it's so true because people then want to call and talk to you because they know you're in the drive time yeah. and that and that's it's hard because it's it's really your decompressed time right and I'll say to people don't don't answer the phone so that's when one of my clients actually goes out and sits in their car as if they're leaving work. <laughs> I like it. And they listen to like a little music or yeah. whatever, and then they come back in the house because that was what they're used to. So that's a great technique. Why not? Yeah. You know? What, and this is the part of like, it, you have a challenge in front of you you have to capture what the issue is in your head and challenge it with something alternative that you wouldn't have not necessarily thought of and then it will change because you're going oh i i move the i move the environment around and it's not geography isn't always a fix obviously but switching up your environment is super important if you have if you're just looking at the same walls i mean i know people that haven't still left their house really uh huh wow oh. yep they haven't left their house cuz they're afraid and they actually this was So caveat aside, because this is where, you know, we now we go into a little pathology because it's it's sort of messing up the child in this scenario. Sure. But um, they told the children in the house that they weren't going out at all because everybody outside the house had COVID. Wow. Everybody. Wow. So, yeah, they ended up recently coming out of the house and the child was very one of the children, I should say, was very um, perplexed. Because they were asking, like, oh, you know, how was your COVID? How are you doing? And, yeah. and the family was like, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. So they had been yeah. so sheltered in. Now, you know, people will say, you know, the reasoning to keep them safe, to keep it. That's great. However, the mental impact of that yeah. and, and the, the fear, to talk about threat generation of the reality of what's really gone on. Mm. it's changed that child's experience now. You just
1: turned the world into the walking dead
0: into adulthood. Yeah. Well, and that's in yeah. interesting you say that because we talked we talked about that in the frame of reference of that their mental visual on it was that there were zombies walking yeah. around. So that was exactly how yeah. they were viewing it because of their brain and what they've seen and Imagine
1: that load on a kid.
0: Well that yeah. and that's the and, yeah. and, and this isn't this isn't isolated. I mean there's a lot of people that have done that and I know a ton more that haven't, but that there's people out there doing that, and I understand the safety and all that stuff, but you still have to be able to be factual with not everybody's out there. Not everyone's walking around like a zombie. That's not true. I had a, a full session yesterday with a 7-year-old about zombies. Wow. Because she, and, and this is common anyways, yeah. you know, monsters, zombies, ghosts, and it's Halloween, and it's exciting and it's scary. But the zombie thought process comes around from, the fear of what she's known, of what she's been recently told, and how it shaped her. And my question was to the parent, is like, are we trying to generate fear? Or are we trying to generate fact and understanding? And the parent felt really bad and was like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. Because the child was so worked up about even going to sleep at night.
1: It's funny. The approach should be age-appropriate. And they not only didn't go age-appropriate, they went way over the line. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't tell it if that were true, by the way. Right. You you wouldn't tell a kid that. No. (laughs) That age. Right. What what you tell them is it's out there. It's a threat. It's something we have to deal with. We have to be cautious. But, you know. Right. Not everybody's a zombie walking around out there.
0: Well, right. And I think, I think that. There's a variety of reasons psychologically why people do, you know, one, we've talked about the fact that people will tell others what they've, what they were grown up with and how they were parented. Um, People also have their own fear and threat generation. They've come to be with their own life experience and they're just afraid of the world or they're, you know, or they, they aren't triangulated thinkers where they're not looking at all types of information. They're only very unilateral and walk, you know, walk down the middle of fear. Um, And they're, you know, they're anxiety based. So many people are anxiety-based, and this pandemic has not helped anxiety. Yeah, but
1: I'll be cynical, too, and theres I'm Please guessing do. a lot of that was about shutting down the conversation. Yes. The kids, I want to go out. I want to go to McDonald's. I want right. to do this. I want to do that. No, right. there's all zombies out there. just Right. So, you know, and it's like, wow. You know, just to just to create a path of least resistance.
0: Right, well, and creating also the path of least resistance that then has a huge impact on the person's now adulthood when they come into it of all people are bad. I mean, even though that it's not what was said, the perception of kids turns into, because they're very concrete at Mm -hmm. that age, so it turns into this, people are bad, people are sick, people aren't good, people are doing the wrong thing, we're the only ones that do the right thing, instead of it being a broader, open experience message.
1: Joe says, uh, great topic today. This all hits home. Trying to work, two young kids doing hybrid remote learning and on top of it, all the anxiety about what's going on in society today. It's hard.
0: And and so, so Joe's comment is what I'm hearing a ton of. Yeah. Because... And that th-
1: delicate balance of trying to read the kid into it to what extent? I right. mean, you can't, I, I don't think you should block it from them at all. No. They need to understand what's going on.
0: Exactly. But that
1: there's a very fine line about how much you read them in.
0: Right. Right. Well, so everything, no matter what topic, even if it wasn't the pandemic topic or whatever, it's always age appropriate telling the truth. And so parents are always, not all parents, but I have parents in my practice, which is some of the reason why they land there, is because they don't, know how to do that type of parenting they don't you know it's it's either all or nothing Mm -hmm. tell everything or (laughs) nothing at all or when you do tell it's not you know it's people that make up the you know the 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 silly words for private parts and it's you know it it's the uncomfortability of them with their own self to be able to say or it's the lack of knowledge of the information i was going to
1: say many of many people out here scientists don't know what's going on right we're learning constantly we're, we're, we're all stumbling in the dark a little exactly. bit. exactly yeah. so
0: it's being able to say you know well this is kind of like this and being able to just be honest enough of what you do know to not pre, uh, create fear because it's changing and people don't realize the mind-body connection on this it's super important that this is just a fear driver yep. and if you don't have a balance to joy to joe's point if you don't have a balance of being able to act in a healthy way and you don't provide an environment where it's like it's okay we're doing all the right things and this is what you do that's what you know i tell my patients make sure you just wash your hands don't touch your face if you've been out until you've washed your hands be really mindful and make sure you keep your mask on if you're close to people being rational reasonable realistic that is like a key here not being over the top catastrophizing awfulizing fatalizing um, or being silent
1: and you need go no further for evidence in this than the adult population yeah. and what happened here in the pandemic, and you can agree with me or disagree with me to a point it was you know it was the plague when we started this, and right. those first impressions of the way this was described and what it is h- linger to today, where you still get people who won 't leave the house right uh, yet we know so much more, um, we have a little bit more control, we understand it a little bit more we can deal with it. we understand the demographics of of sever- severity and things right. like that right but, you know and understandably that's where we were in march in early march understandably because we didn't know anything right but those impressions once they came out and the media started putting it in people's minds you know people have anchored on that and it, it's never been anything less than that in their minds now
0: right and i think i think that going on the concept of anchoring into something or going into grounding into something right is mm-hmm. that people and we've talked about this before, is it's so hard for people to take the time to go out and look for the information themselves. Right. Not that it's hard, but people don't do it because people are instant gratification seekers. Right. So if someone of authority is giving me the information, like I'm telling you information today, but you don't have to believe me. I would encourage you if you hear something and you think and I and I have clients that listen to this and I have people that listen to this and then they come back and say, well, you said blah blah blah, blah. and I yeah. and, you know and, and we talk about it and you know I want you to go out and say, oh, that's interesting, I didn't know that, and go find it. Right. Not on Wikipedia. No. <laughs> Do not go to Wikipedia. That's not your reference point. But you know if it's something that you really have interest in or you found it, you know, that's you should be doing that. And you should be seeking out other information to give you as many points that you can, but people don't do that. That's critical
1: thinking. Yes. And on top of that, you should not only seek out more information about the point, you should seek out opposing views. Yes. You should read both. You 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 need to triangulate the truth. You need to see what's convincing about people who feel one way and people who feel the other
0: exactly so so and so the way i get so i get lots of information every day because i have clients that come in with lots of perspectives so first of all so anywhere from 12 to 15 people a day just in in an average day Mm -hmm. right then you and i talk then i have a class or two that i teach right so i get lots of that but when i go home after i've heard everything and i've said what i've said whatever i have multiple tvs going on in my house with i've got CNN and Fox and BBC, and I've got the radio in the car, So I'm getting lots of things that are going on, not because I'm fascinated with politics or I'm fat. I want to know what all the points are that are being talked about from all the angles, because one, it makes me feel more grounded and also allows me to pick out the rational, reasonable things Mm -hmm. to make my life feel okay. Now, I don't encourage everyone to do that. Some people I tell them to stop watching TV altogether because what happens with that is, you know, people go right to one station or one or two and then they get stuck and that's the gospel and they're not open to that. If you're not a person who by nature right now is is open to multiple ideas, this technique is harder for you because you're just not open to it. Right. But this is the technique that will make you healthier because if you're open to it, doesn't mean you have to agree with the opinions. But if you're open to hearing all the opinions, it just makes you a more critical thinker and able to calm down. This isn't about controlling everyone else in the right. environment. It's about you yourself going, huh, that sounds interesting or that sounds crazy or that sounds like that might be true but it's just about being able to be open to the ideas that there's other things out there and the way that our brain works in general and you could say this about anything our brain wants to know multiple options because that actually makes our brain fire better and makes us healthier overall because it allows us to not be depressed sedentary uh, seeking out food alcohol drugs because we're constantly challenging our brain.
1: Right, you wanna get, because every perspective you're given, you have to assume that every perspective you're given is a limited perspective. Yes. And it's cherry-picked to put forth the narrative that that perspective wants to put forward. And, and this is all sides, by the way. Yeah. I'm not I'm not picking out one side or oh, the no, other. Oh, no, no. yeah. So what you need to do is you need to get all these limited perspectives and then put the, put the picture together.
0: Right. From it. It, well, in, in in terms of so I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that into the the thing about like if we're talking about like if you're watching news stations obviously there's a slant if you're watching politics there's a slant for each everybody has their side. Yeah. I I think that there's many people in the world that are able, and we've talked about this like this is that we do this we step outside of that and look at that and you see my social media and I yeah. see your social media we both step outside and see. And that's healthier so that you're not driven to drink (laughs) or distract yourself with things that would make you self-soothe because you're so overwhelmed by the one-sidedness of something. You have to know that every piece of information, that's why I just encourage people, you're hearing me today, you know, I could say I'm right. But that's I'm, I'm coming from the space of where I know what I know based on my experience, based on what I've read, my yeah. research, myself, personal research in the field, having other colleagues, like, I have lots of points, so I have lots to share. You can disagree with me, but at least if you're going to disagree with me, and I tell this to my students, disagree with me, come back to me, make sure you have a reference point of what you're disagreeing and how you're going to disagree with me so that it's valid. Right. And... And and they and we have these great dialogues and people when they're in my class are like they, and I find out some really good information because I you know sure. there's always a couple students in every semester that are like they want to challenge it because they just want to be right I love that because one I often learn a lot of interesting facts or fiction yep. but it's really cool to find out what's out there and I love that and some people that just you know it bothers people they're like I'm not going there that's not true I'm not but that's like the fun of sort of an experience of life that's just me yep. and that's what I encourage for all of my clients is to have you know, well, as, you know, I think a bigger, broader perspective of things because there's so many ideas in the world. And then if you, you miss opportunities. I think that's, I guess my point here is emotionally and physically, you miss so many opportunities if you don't engage in ideas.
1: Plus, I think you will live a calmer life if you use that approach because every piece of information you're given, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Every piece of information you're given is to elicit fear in you.
0: Depending on the source, fear of I what's think. being imposed.
1: Well, there are very few sources that, that that's not their intent. You have to go well off the beaten path to find well, sources. Are we, that, but
0: are we so like if are we framing the reference of like if you if you're getting source of like news information? Sure. Or? Anything? Yeah. Okay. Well, because, yeah, news. Okay. Well, because I'm just saying because because then it would say that we're giving. Are we driving fear by having our conversation? I don't think so.
1: Well, we're driving fear of we're driving fear of taking a one-sided approach to this and not stepping out of outside of the, the, the bubble yes, that you're in.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: We're trying to tell people that, that that's not a healthy way to go about right. this.
0: Well, you could stay in the bubble. Yeah. I, and I always tell, so yes, so in that, if we just look at it purely sure, we are driving a fear that, you know, by staying in the bubble, it makes it not healthy for you. Right. At the same time, and now if we were in my practice, I would say, if you said, well, you know, this is my perspective, I'd say, you can do whatever you want. But my job is to give you lots of perspectives. What you choose at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, I tell people, you know, I have people that are obese and have overeating issues and diabetes, and I tell them the healthy things to do. At the end of the day, I say, but you don't have to do that. Yep. But, it, it's, but it's not on me. I'm just giving you as much information to make you the healthiest person you can does it drive fear sure absolutely does it because then they get worried that if they don't do it but then does that activate them not always well
1: think about this the purpose of information the purpose right. of information is to calm you down right. human bliss is understanding right like that's that what the, that's what the mind wants to do it wants to understand it wants to understand the concepts that they'd be putting in front of it. that's supposed to be the purpose of information right but as you, as you know, and listen, I I consider myself fairly sophisticated about these things. There are times when I have to shut down mm-hmm. from from social media, from news, from the whole thing because it's just too. It's just fear mongering. All of it is all fear mongering, and it's all, I don't know, it's all just so distorted to the point where it, it gets unsettling.
0: And and I think and I think that that's an important point for the fe- like this weekend. I, you know, I I told you I was away on mm-hmm. business this weekend up yep. north. I didn't see one ounce of TV. I didn't hear about it. I didn't hear what was going on. It was wonderful.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you came back and the world it was, was the same. It was amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And and so when I got into work, what's today? Wednesday, Tuesday, right? And started. people were starting to talk. I'm like, oh, I forgot yeah. that was going on. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I had a little vacation. And I hadn't had that in a while, so I had no... No TV on, no radio. I had serious on with some music, but I had yep. no information coming in. It was really nice. And so the fact that you, men- you mentioned that, I'm thinking, oh yeah, that was wonderful because as soon as I got home last night, I had the TVs on. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, understanding the approach that the information you're being given isn't isn't to help you, it's to steer you. Well, yes. And you need to approach every piece of information you get on that level. And, and again, I'm talking all sides now, so yes, I'm, I'm well, not yeah. picking one side or the other
0: so it goes back to all the time when I say continuum if you're on the continuum and you're looking at all the points on the continuum it will bring you to center and balance if you're only if you're heavily loaded on one side or the other and I'm not talking right or left in terms of politics I'm talking yeah. about life yeah there's so many you know it's black and white and gray in between but I'm not about that it's cliche but I'm like it's 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 this rainbow of colors, and people miss the rainbow. People are right at the edges. They go all the way out to the edges, one way or the other. It's all in, all out, black or white thinking, and that has nothing to do with race. It has to do with the ends of the spectrum of how one thinks about things, all in or all out. Right. And missing out on the opportunities of how much information is in between that keeps a person at balance. Going back to Joe's point that he was saying is like finding that point of of helping calm a situation you've got kids you've got your job you're trying to do a business you're trying to have friendships you're trying and it's like okay how do you do that in the best way without being in fear or having something bad happen or isolating yourself
1: yep and I find a lot of this is ego driven in other in words way? people um, people want to attach to one thought or another and they don't want to acknowledge that you can hold two thoughts in your head because they think that that's if you have if you change your mind or if you give someone a good point that you generally disagree with you're in an inferior position to them right you know you're wrong you're you're inferior and somehow it's it's a it's an ego blow right and people don't want to get involved in that
0: well it's the right fight that's what i call it the right fight the right fight so people instead of instead of being at peace which doesn't mean you're submitting but it means being able to just be with the information people have to be right yeah so it's the fight to be right and and, you know, in couples work I do or whatever, or even in, in just like day-to-day normal interactions with people of saying, is it better to be right or to just be heard? Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to to accept for a lot of people. And but people
1: can't do that holding two concepts in their head, right. opposing concepts in their head, right. and understand that it's it's true for one person, true for the other person. They may be opposed, but, you know... it. Being right. able to entertain both concepts. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, so so I have people in my life in my family that I won't out on this because <laughs> we'll have a very large fight. Yeah. But so but but there's people in my life and my family that hold hold one belief and when they have found out that for instance I don't hold that belief, it, you can see that it blows their whole balance off of yeah. like if I believe it you must believe it. And that's yeah. a psychological phenomenon. And I know lots of people have that in their relationships and families and so and you can see how much distress that puts the other person in when they realize that you don't and how the coping strategy to get you to then buy into their side right to get you to feel that way, you know, that's where a lot of tensions in families come from. Sure. Is that how dare you think differently than me? I'm right. And it's like mm,
1: because they take it personally if you if you, they if you think differently than me you think i'm inferior right yeah
0: right and 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 in a way to make themselves feel better is then they will use tactics to try to make you feel inferior for thinking that right And so it's, you have to have a really tough skin and I, you know. And welcome to 2020. And that was, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. so it all all loops back around because it's, it's a perfect. It's where we are. Yeah. And so even though, you know, we are a family dynamic for years for people, this is not just my family, but it's here we are as a dynamic in a society of it's the right fight.
1: Yeah. it's Again, I might be the Irish and Italian of me, but we're at (laughs) we're the country is at nine o'clock in a. Family dinner. Yes. Right now, every yes. nine, every 9 p.m. in my family dinners was an all, right, all out right argument now, about something or other. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and just add alcohol. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Well, plenty and just of add alcohol, a little booze,
0: yeah. and we're off to the races, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's true. So, see, that's a perfect example of why everyone doesn't need to get together for Thanksgiving. <laughs>
1: exactly right. <Yeah.
0: laughs> everyone just stay home and do your own thing, right?
1: I want to go back for a couple minutes. You <laughs> yeah. talked about the cohort courts, and I'm kind of yeah. encouraged to hear that because I think what public education needs. Yeah, to be effective is they need to get away from this homogenization of kids. Yeah, in other words, for the past couple decades, it's been all kids are the same. We put them in the same classroom. We teach them the same way, and and you know we get where we're going to go. And the fact of the matter is, especially now. Uh, the last couple decades in the country, you've got kids in there who are English as a second language. They've right. only been speaking English a year or two. They're in sixth grade. Right. How can they keep up? They need special accommodations. Right. There are kids with attention deficit that need special accommodations. There are kids who are able to go faster, right. and we hold them back right. because, you know, it's not a merit-based society anymore, and we've got to put everybody in the same classroom so, and go the same way. So I think we need to divide this up. We need to uh, approach kids where they are.
0: So... So, yes, great concept of that side. I can tell you already that so educational psychology will not go in that direction Yeah. because of the fact that we've tried it. I shouldn't say we because I'm not an educational psychologist. Mm-hmm. But psychology has tried it in terms of helping educate school systems on how to do that. It hasn't gone well because what happens is then we have the other problem that comes up. I'm just telling you this just because this yeah. is what's happened. But what's happened is then it becomes the separation and the stigmata- stigmatization yes. of those children when there's really nothing wrong it's just that they have you know you know what I'm saying right Um, so what the you know so the mainstreaming has been put in place and the accommodations of like para you know para educators coming in the room and so there's lots of different strategies that have been tried because to your point there are kids that need extra and yet how do you balance not alienating them not having them be socially picked on, not having them feel inferior. Right. All the psychological concepts that build the self-esteem and ego, the reality manager, right from the basis of childhood, it, five and six years old is when that's really being fully developed. Right. And so, but cohorting because of the pandemic may be a really good way because it's just a matter of that they're not accommodating. Um, they're not putting it out in the world with the, with the label that it's accommodation cohort it's just the cohort each cohort is they're all based on age i mean uh, their names yeah so a to l comes in monday tuesday and then the rest you know comes in and then cohort c is always there now cohort c could be multiple things kids who can't stay at home because they have to come in because they don't have anyone at home to do then there's the learning disability right. kids from one spectrum to the other. Then there's um, kids who have behavioral issues. And the, and so it's all there. But that's not to say that the cohort A and B don't have that. Right. It's just that when the cohort A and B are in school, they're getting the accommodations on the days that they're in that the cohort C is getting every day. But those factors are just are higher on the cohort C. So in fact, I believe that's actually a better way of trying to do a mainstream non-stigmatizing, even though there is a separation, but everyone's separated. So it's not like it's just that one, yeah. which is what's happened in educational psychology before in education systems is it's 90% of the kids and then these 10%, oh, that's so bad, you know, so sad yeah. for them and they need help. It's not, it's like across but, the board equalized.
1: But what's ignored in that viewpoint is this is happening in the classroom anyway. Yes, you, you've of get, course. You get kids who can't keep pace with the classroom right. and they're stigmatized and, right. and you've got kids who are bored out of their minds right. because they can go faster. Right. And not only are they stigmatized, but they are they're being cheated here. Because right. you know, and they can a, go. They ought to they ought to be accommodated. They ought to be
0: you know. So that's an ongoing yeah. issue in school systems since I was young. I remember, you know, my mom and dad, my dad's been in education all my life in in many different facets and that's been an ongoing pattern of issues and i see it now i have a kid in my practice right now that super smart could talk your ear off about anything and everything and can do roots and can do pie and he can do you know all kinds of stuff and in school they're doing adding yeah and you know he's so he's bored yep so you know and i have many examples like that just the one that pops into my head right now but so um And that's one of the reasons why gifted and talented programs were starting to be developed back in the 70s and 80s is to accommodate for kids, but then that gets into, well, who can pay for that? So the families that can't afford that or families that can't go to the charter school or the Montessori school or the schools that are going to accommodate for that, how do you then bring it into a mainstream public school that has 1,500 kids? Um, and that's been a struggle yeah. so so the educational world i think in terms of psychology and making sure that all kids all kids get an equal share essentially i mean the thought is out there and people know the issues it's just that there's not been a ability to put it into practice because yeah. the balance people it's 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 just like this pandemic it's finding a balance that is going to match and there's always I hate to say that there's going to always be kids, always adults. Someone's going to be left behind, and yep. and it's all the programming of no child left behind, no soldier left behind. Sometimes that doesn't happen, and it's yeah. and it's and it's hard. But I know I know that school systems are constantly trying to yep. work on that. They just haven't found.
1: Sometimes being left behind is beneficial i mean from from an <laughs> educational standpoint, and again, these kids aren't ex- escaping stigma if, right. if the idea is to right. escape stigma, putting them in the mainstream classroom right th- they're still getting it you right. know they're getting it you know more organically from the kids
0: uh, well <clears throat> yeah and and that's it i mean age old you could you could have the best probably programming in the world, and you still, kids are going to be
1: and by the way, kids. this isn't an intelligence issue no. either. My son and my daughter were two completely different people. my son thrived. Right. In, in public school my daughter didn't get it till high school and she was on an IEP for a while right it wasn't because she was like, in fact we were talking montessori at one point right. because it wasn't intelligence it was no. just fitting into the fitting so the, into the program to
0: the program right yeah. and that, and i think that's so important to have listeners know that what i'm saying and what you're saying i think is that this isn't about intelligence this is about being able to meet a kid where they're at or meet a person where they're right. at Just like, you know, what we're talking about for kids is the same thing we're talking about in the show is like everyone needs to be able to meet where a person's at and not just throw them into one spot and be in that one spot all or nothing. It's not all or nothing. It's about, hey, this kid needs this or this adult needs that or we need to accommodate for that over here.
1: Or in your business, even with adults, you have concepts that have been thrown at people and I'm... Speaking from personal experience yeah. concepts that were thrown at me for years decades in my life that i didn 't get until it came to me in a particular way right I needed it in a particular way right. i didn 't get the you know i didn 't get the mainstream stuff the um, the way it was presented to me in the past but all of a sudden there 's a light switch oh now I understand all that right because it was given to me in a way I could deal with it.
0: Well, yeah, and and I think that, you know, as you, you know, developmentally over time, kids kids come up through and you're developmentally changing over time to be able to go from concrete to abstract and then hypothetical, abstract, logical reasoning as you get older. So the experience base that you have, what you're exposed to, um, the field of experience and your broadness, that allows the brain to give you those insights. I mean, I have... You know, all of a sudden, forty years in, and something will come to me, and I'm like,
1: "Huh? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I've been seeing that for yep. thirty years, and I just got that. Yeah, you know, and and it, it's like, wow, and all of a sudden it registers, and it's just a weird thing that's happened in the environment, or something that's the way I heard it, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh. I should have known that.
1: <laughs> uh, it's, it's the old saying: "Is uh, a man never crosses the same stream twice?" Yes, because it's never the same exactly. man, and it's never the same stream. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And that, that's what that's what education is about, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exa- so, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Um, the because I got caught up in your, <laughs> yeah. your crossing the stream. Um, the the difference of being able to help help people, not just kids, but help people really broaden their experience base you know that i think is important for the pandemic time important for schooling uh and broadening your experience base doesn't have to be going out and and going you know on the travels necessarily. it's just about opening your mind up to, to there's lots of ideas out there and it doesn't mean you have to agree with them but man you should know them yeah you know just just expose yourself to them so that you know what's at the at the at the bottom of the pit and at the top of the pit What's all the stuff in between? Because it makes you a healthier person. I also think there's
1: there's some um, value in understanding your attraction to different concepts. Yes. In other words, you will gravitate to a certain concept to save your ego. We talked about that. Uh, You may be a um, sensation junkie.
0: Right.
1: So you may go to the wildest conspiracy theory because that's exciting to think that that's really happening. You know, good or bad, it's exciting. Right. Uh, Or you have a... You have a... A bent or an aspect or a bias that was developed during your upbringing or has been developed in a couple of years, so right. you're naturally attracted to a certain type of opinion, and it's important to understand why you're attracted to it, so that when you read the other opinion, you can balance drop it. that filter a little bit. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, so that goes to so the way I describe it with with my patients clients is that it's your experience base. Yeah your experience base will dictate what you're drawn to. So mm-hmm. if you were raised in a certain religion, if you were raised in a certain um, area of your... Or repelled away from... Or repelled... Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. yes I had that conversation yeah. actually yesterday with someone. Yeah. Um, if, you were, if you were raised with money, not money, all those things right. experience base you. And what your experience base is going to dictate what you're drawn to. And... You know, that doesn't mean that you're stuck like that. So if you are if you grow up in an experience base that's really limited, that doesn't mean you're going to be limited, but you have to have enough awareness or resiliency right. to know that to seek out other things. Now, I see families that stifle down the process of kids that have become adults to do that. I had a kid a few years ago, now at least a decade ago, in my college class that he was... The first one in his family going to college, he still lived at home with his whole family, very large family from local around here, um, culturally very much about, you know, this isn't what we do, you shouldn't do that. So yeah. a lot of putting him down, and he would come to class and be very upset, and all the professors, we were all talking about this fact this kid was super smart, and he was going to struggle to get through because they would sabotage his car to get to school. They didn't want it. Like, that's really? his wow. experience base. Wow. And, and, you know, it sounds like extreme, but there's more often in in certain experiences that's the reality for them and them meaning whoever that is, right? So what
1: but, a struggle going to an experience of education right, that you enjoy right. and then having to come home and fight for that. Right. Fight and for message, that enjoyment. Fight and the message for that, he was getting
0: yeah. from them, his family, mm-hmm. was, who do you think you are? Do you think you're better than all of us? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, so here he is trying to lift himself up and out. But his experience base is to be not that way. right? And he was fighting it, fighting it, fighting. It. And it was a super hard fight. And and I actually don't know if he ever finished because I followed him for like two years and then I don't know what happened. Because yeah. I just watched him and then sort of dropped off. My guess is he didn't make it.
1: Wow. In terms yeah. of like
0: schooling because I just think it was so, it was a lot. Because when I would hear the information, it would make me cringe. Mm-hmm. And and I hear a lot of cringe stuff. So, but this was he would be it would be awful and it's just and there's a lot of people like that i mean that i'm in that field so i see and hear a lot of this so going back to your experience base shapes you and if you're fighting against it because you know there's something else out there you know you have to seek out people that are going to support you that you're going to have in your life that can help balance that or else it's hard to get out right super hard you know, and, and, you know, going back to the religion, you know, nothing wrong with religion, but it's like when it gets into that culty piece of it that really pulls people in, you know, that, you know, know, I could specify some, but I won't because (laughs) I just have all these things flying through my head. But I've seen so many people in my, in my 24 years of practice where, you know, religion has shaped them to live in a way that has been really hurtful to them and to get to, to be able to, my goal is get them to be able to hold their religion in their life if they want it, yet introduce other concepts that will be counter, but also show them that they're still gonna be okay, they can have their faith, they can still have whatever, but there is this other thing, and it doesn't have to mean the end of the world.
1: Well, this is about holding two concepts, because a lot of times in those situations, someone will run away from their religion, right? and then they would degrade their religion. right? And the fact of the matter is, for some people, Religion is a, a source of peace and strength, and, exactly, and morality, and
0: exactly. And
1: so, it's not all bad,
0: right? Well, and yeah. that's why I'm saying is like I always try to preserve the if the person wants it, I preserve the peace yeah. of faith in that, and and if I have,
1: I mean, I'm not going there, but I understand people who do, right? Yeah.
0: And 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 I don't, and I don't necessarily go there all the time either. But I, but what I frame it as is kind of the way you know I I like to practice what I preach, so I say. Find faith in something bigger than yourself. And I'm a nature person. I love nature. So I find faith in the regrowth of you know, winter, not in a kind of cheesy way. Yes. I'm not a tree hugger, but I do love trees. <laughs> but it's more about, like, I find peace in the energy of the earth and what we give back to it and how things, like, right. because it's a bigger thing than me. Right. That doesn't mean, you know, and and people who do addiction work, this is where a lot of this comes from for me, is people who do addiction work and do, like, Big Book and, and AA and NA and GA and all the A's, you know, they it's God-based in a lot of people's minds. But it's really, because the first step is, You know, you're powerless against, you know, the addiction, give yourself up to God. But it's really... Higher
1: power is a huge part of addiction recovery. Right. And
0: so finding that it's a... Looking for an energy bigger than yourself to have faith in that you're going to be okay. doesn't mean you have to believe in an entity. It's more about believing in yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really about that. And and the whole concept of AA, why it ends up working is usually people who are in good recovery end up having such a strong belief in themselves that they have found a, a belief in the world around them.
1: Which brings me to another one of my favorite sayings, which is when we're young, we fear God. When we become adult, we search for God. When we get a little older, we find out we are God. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. Right. Well, because we, we find out that we have it within us. Yeah. Right.
1: It's a way to connect. It's a way to connect with your inner higher power. Right. Yeah. Right. And by manifesting it outside and, you know.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, so I, think, I think in order to, you know, sort of bring it full circle. Which is fine
1: if that works for you. That's well, fine. And, and, and that's the yeah. thing
0: is adaptability. I tell people that, and, and I'm telling you guys as listeners, is you have to make what works for you work for you. and, But if it's not working for you, it's likely because you're stuck in a one-unidimensional thought process. and.
1: But you have so many people who go to an addict who are talking about this and say, you understand there is no God, right? And it's like, why would you even, why do you have that conversation? Well,
0: I don't say that to anyone.
1: No, no, no oh. you wouldn't say it to one, right. but there are people who will. Oh right and, and the market it's like that says i don't know why would you even get into that conversation you, right, it's working for them you, there
0: it's as a as a doctor mm-hmm. myself and as a person there's nobody can take away anybody's belief you have the right, right to believe what you want to believe as long as you're and i say as long as you're not imposing on someone else right. to violate their boundaries in some physical or emotional way to force somebody else to believe with you you can believe whatever you want exactly. to believe that, yep. you know, leprechauns fly around the room. Great.
1: The earth is flat. What? Well,
0: hey, so that's my story. I'll save it for another time. Yeah. But my very first patient ever in my life. Was she, a flat earther? She thought, she thought that there were leprechauns <laughs> oh, coming okay. off the trees right. towards me at McLean Hospital where I worked. She thought they were coming off the trees with the Nina, the Pinta and the Santa Maria. Okay. So being that it was Columbus Day, yeah. that frame of reference flew flew through my head, literally, because I saw the green leprechauns. And yeah. and to that point, um, just before we close out on the show today, um, my, my oh, I, I have to just laugh because, oh, my God, it was such a scary experience because my first patient ever, and I was like, oh, my God, she's telling me about leprechauns. But, <laughs> but what I learned in that, which was a very good first lesson, um, was that I didn't, join her or try to convince her that she didn't see them and what i said to her was and i use this all the time with people in general and they don't have to be psychotic is if you believe that there's leprechauns flying around the room i believe that you believe them yeah and i validate the experience because she could see leprechauns flying around the room i yep. mean the brain does funny things sure absolutely mm-hmm. um so that doesn't mean that i'm going to join it right. and i have to join it and actually it settles people when you just say i validate you yeah it's and it's just allowing the person to have their own experience why not what's why what at the end of the day why get into something that's not necessary right
1: only when it's being imposed on you or it's right. being imposed on other people right. and you know and that's it, when there's a problem but people can go around
0: living be, their lives the right. way they want to live their lives and it would be imposed on and and she would have imposed on me just like anyone would in addiction or anything if you challenge someone to say it's not real, it doesn't exist, you're wrong, then you're being the right fight. And who are you to say that their experience, they have their experience. I have my experience. I don't necessarily believe that, but I don't have to. Right. And it's hard for people to do that because people want to, because it gives. It goes back to a sense of control and being able to control your environment for yourself and your head to be able to be at balance, which brings us back to the top of the show, which is being able to have the balance to, to have the experience of knowing what is Healthy and real in your life so that you're not impact in a way that's gonna paralyze you. Right. Look at that. I yep. brought it all the way around. Did the rap. I did the See? rap. You're broadcast professional already. Getting so much better at that. Yep. <laughs> um, anyway, uh so this was a great topic. Yep. I think. And thank you everybody for listening and commenting and uh and next week or in the next two weeks I'll probably have another guest and it will be exciting excellent ah, so everyone have a great week if you want to catch any of my earlier podcasts you know where to go your daily game face um, and or you can go to all your favorite podcast channels that's right and and I will see you guys next week